Welcome to the FarmD Money Podcast, where certified financial planner Derek Delaney brings financial education and observation to help pharmacists navigate their most important financial questions. Welcome in FarmD Nation to episode number 19 of the FarmD Money Podcast. I am your host, Derek Delaney. Thank you all for joining me today. You know, in this episode, I want to dive into how financial advisors get paid. I think it's a question that a lot of consumers would want to ask, or at least they'd want to know, but it can be very difficult to answer because of the unique and complex way most advisors get paid. There are really weird compensation grids that advisors have to follow, and depending on what sort of product or service they provide will directly impact how they get paid in most situations. So it's not only tough for clients to be able to discern how financial advisors get paid, it can be very difficult for financial advisors themselves to explain to clients how they get paid. And a lot of you may be thinking, well, I don't care how my financial advisor gets paid. It doesn't matter to me, but I think it should. Understanding how a financial advisor, just like any other professional, gets compensated will allow you to fairly assess the value you're getting in return and to allow you to determine if that value is worth what essentially that advisor is getting paid, whether it's directly or indirectly, from you. It also creates, in my opinion, proper expectations of the financial advisor-client relationship. If you know that your advisor is getting paid an X amount of money, you can then in turn expect a certain amount of value or service or performance in return based off of that figure or based off of the pay you know the advisor is receiving. And again, there are a number of different ways advisors can get paid, but in this podcast episode, I want to walk through the four most popular ways I think financial advisors get paid and how clients either directly or indirectly usually pay those advisors and how they can better understand what they're paying that advisor to help them better assess the value they should expect in return within that relationship. So jumping right in, the first and probably oldest and most common way financial advisors get paid is the commissions model. You seek out a financial advisor because you want to invest some money and you get in front of them and they're able to sell you some sort of product. Whether it's a loaded mutual fund, um, an ETF, an annuity, uh, life insurance, something like that, there is a transaction that takes place. That financial advisor recommended a product. You purchase that product for whatever reason, and now that financial advisor gets paid a commission. That commission does not come out of the pocket of the client. So a lot of clients don't see or really think to see that the advisor is getting paid in a specific way because it's not coming directly from them but instead it's coming indirectly from them. A common example is mutual funds. You walk into a financial advisor and they sell you a mutual fund and you think, well, I'm going to pay for this mutual fund. I'm putting my money into this investment and hopefully it's going to grow over the long term. But over the course of that long-term period you're thinking about, that advisor is getting paid every single month for offering you that mutual fund. And he's also probably getting paid upfront as well when it comes to you buying that product in the form of some sort of commission. I think the biggest example of this is in the form of purchasing some sort of insurance or annuity product. Now, this is is not a shot at insurances or annuities, but I think it's fair for 
consumers or clients to understand how advisors get paid when it comes to these products because they are recommended a lot. And I think the reason they're recommended a lot is because they solve a lot of problems, but they also allow for advisors and their employers to get paid more from a compensation standpoint by offering some of these bigger commissionable products, which usually are life insurance and annuities in the financial services industry. So let's just say that you have $250,000, you know, a quarter of a million dollars, you walk into a financial advisor and they sell you an annuity product. You buy that annuity product. There's nothing else that comes out of your pocket as far as commissions or fees you have to pay to the advisor. No, the advisor gets paid directly from the insurance carrier who offered the annuity product to begin with in the form of a commission. So you have your $250,000, you buy that annuity product and you don't see it, but the advisor gets paid, we'll say a 6% commission on that amount. So 6% of $250,000 is $15,000. That advisor just got paid fifteen dollars to sell you that annuity product. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's how the world works. It's actually a, a great way to incentivize financial advisors to sell specific products. But there are a lot of times where clients don't see that advisor getting paid that much. And if they did, they may expect a little more out of that advisor. So it's really, really tough under the commissionable model to assess the type of value you'd expect in return based off of the compensation you know that advisor is getting paid. So that's the first one. It's the commissionable model. The second model is a split between an advisor offering their services for a fee and a commissionable model, which is called the dual registered fee structure. Basically, an advisor can go out and they can offer commissionable products like those annuities, mutual funds, life insurances we talked previously, and they can offer fee-based ways to get compensated as well. One of the most common fee-based ways to get compensated as an advisor is the assets under management model. And basically, these advisors under this assets under management model get paid a percentage based off of the investment value they manage for you. For example, a lot of the time, or I guess a common fee amount is 1% in the financial services industry. So let's just say you have half a million dollars, $500,000 being managed in an IRA by a financial advisor and they charge you 1%. They are making annually $5,000 off of the management of that money. And that may be great because they may be great managers of that money and they may provide other things like financial planning services and other services that you enjoy taking advantage of. So the amount might not be a problem, but the way the fee is assessed is the bigger your account balance gets, the bigger the fee gets taken out every single year. So if you are putting in contributions to your IRA and you hit a great growth spurt in the market and all of a sudden your $500,000 grows to a million, that's fantastic. You just doubled your money, but you just also doubled your fee because 1% on 500,000 and 1% on a million is twice as much. You're paying 10,000 now instead of 5,000. And do you really think that the financial advisor is doing twice as much work on your behalf to make it worth paying twice as much in fees? Now under the assets under management model where they're getting a percentage of your money every single year, over the course of a long period of time, we're talking 15, 20, 30 years, those fees that get taken out and usually grow with the account can be a huge headwind on the value of that account over a long period of time since those fees grow with the account. Now, AUM financial advisors, and it's not a bad thing, I think it's a great way to service people and a great way to get paid, but they'll tell you that their interests are aligned, which they are. 
because they want your account value to continue to grow because not only is a growing account value good for you as a consumer, it's also good for them because their fee goes up. So that is one of the primary ways financial advisors who work for a fee do it under the assets under management, the AUM model. The other way they work under a fee-based model is the flat fee model. They have some sort of calculation where they decide they are going to charge you X amount every single year. Now that X amount could be based on your income, it could be based on your net worth, it could be based on uh, those two things combined with other multiple variables in play as well. It doesn't matter how it gets calculated, the important part is a flat fee gets spit out of whatever calculation they have and that's what you pay. Regardless of what you do, regardless of the type of work you have the advisor do, it doesn't matter if your account values go up or down, that flat fee is what you pay that advisor for whatever service you've engaged him for, he or she for, for that year. Now the flat fee amount can change from year to year to year. Chances are it might go up just like everything else does in our world. But at least you know for that year, it doesn't matter what you do or how you engage that advisor. You know what you're paying them, regardless of what happens in the investment market. So it makes it really easy as a consumer to be able to determine what type of value you should expect back in return. If you're paying somebody $20,000 a year, they better be a damn good financial advisor, providing you with a hell of a good service and solving a lot of your plan or a lot of your financial problems at a very high level. If on the flip side, somebody's charging you $50 a year to work with them, well, you get what you pay for. They're not charging you a whole lot, but chances are they're probably not going to deliver a lot of massive value on your behalf as well. That's why I like the flat fee model because it's easy for consumers to understand and to rationalize what type of value they should expect back in return from their financial advisor based on the fee that is clearly and transparently laid out there that they're going to pay every single year. So that's the flat fee model, the last model that gets used quite often and it resembles other professional services like a lawyer or an accountant is the hourly model where all of a sudden you want to engage a financial advisor for a couple hours because you have a specific problem you want solved and you want to buy two hours of their time to get their help solving that problem. That's exactly what you do. You may see that a financial advisor charges $300 an hour and it's going to take three hours of their time to help you solve your problem. You know at the end of that engagement, he'll charge you, he or she will charge you $900 for the time they spent working on your behalf. After that $900 or after that three hours is over, you part ways and you move on. There's no reoccurring payments. There's no underlining fees. There's no invoicing after that. It's you pay the hourly fee multiplied by how many hours of time you're taking from that financial advisor and you multiply those two things together and the number that gets spit out is what you owe them at the end of the engagement. So those are the four common ways financial advisors get paid in the financial services industry. It's the commissionable model, it's the fee and commission model. Part of the fee side of that fee and commissionable model could be AUM. It's the flat fee model where regardless of what you do you pay the same type of fee all year And then there's the smaller engagement style model where you pay on an hourly basis depending on what type of hourly rate that financial advisor is charging you to work with them. At FarmD Financial Planning, which is my financial advisory firm or my financial planning firm, we charge through a flat fee model. So to give you an example, we have three tiers where if your net worth is at a specific tier, you get charged X amount every single year. If you reach the second tier level, you get charged a little bit more. And if you reach the third tier level, you get charged even more than that. And those tiers cut off at different net worth standpoints. So 
I have figured out in my career that usually the bigger the net worth of the client, the more liability you have as an advisor servicing that client and the more work you're going to end up doing for them. So they should be charged a higher fee. Where you look at the flip side of that and if it's a lower net worth client or a negative net worth client because it's somebody straight out of college with a ton of student loans, you're probably going to be doing a lot of good work for them, but it's not going to be as much or as impactful from a liability standpoint to service them because there are just not as many assets there to be able to work with and um, plan for. So we work under the, the flat fee model where we lay out a fee that advi- that client will pay. Every single year we break that down into monthly payments. So if in any random month a, a client does not see value in the type of work we're providing for them, they can cut bait and not be clients of our firm anymore whenever they desire and they don't have to worry about sticking around for an entire year just to recoup that fee. So that just gives you an example of how our firm works under the flat fee model. We also offer an hourly service where if clients want to come in and work with us, we charge $249 an hour. That doesn't get advertised or marketed on our website or any of our promotional stuff, but it is out there and it is an option available to us to work with clients. But getting back to the main point of the podcast is how financial advisors get paid, why it's important for clients to know how much their advisor is getting paid so they can better assess the value they should expect back in return because it sets proper expectations within that relationship. I also think it shows any conflict of interest in daylight. So if you work with a commissionable advisor and you know that they're going to earn some sort of commission, ask what they're earning. Get an idea of what option A commission looks like compared to option B and compared to option C. Enforce those advisors who work under the commissional model to be able to explain those conflict of interests and the other parties who are making money based off of the transaction they're recommending you take. We're under an AUM model, a flat fee model, an hourly model, or any other traditional fee-based model. That conflict of interest is probably going to be a lot less, but it's still there, so you should still have those same type of conversations. But it's extremely important that no matter how a financial advisor works with you, It's very, very important for clients to understand how they get paid because when you understand how they get paid, you'll be able to better assess the value you should expect in return from those financial advisors. And if that value is not being lived up to and those expectations that were created on the front end of the relationship are not being lived up to, it makes it a lot easier for you to cut that relationship and move on to somebody else. If you're looking for more information about the podcast, myself, or FarmD Financial Planning, feel free to visit the firm's website at farmdfp.com. Also, feel free to check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, FarmD Financial Planning, for more great insight. Email podcast at farmdfp with questions, topics, ideas you'd like to hear more about. Finally, until next time, FarmD Nation, be well. The FarmD Money Podcast is not intended to be tax, legal, or investment advice. All opinions expressed on the show are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or investment advice.